Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, PopCultureCosmos.com, Humanica Media, and all the things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we have the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you can support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. By popular demand, we've got another DM roundtable on tap for you as we hear some of the thoughts from our crew on how they set up some great games for their players as they go ahead and play another awesome game with the Demolition Force. Are we back, everyone? Yeah. Hi. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Well, I figured we'd go ahead and do something a little bit different. We're in the middle of one of our most famous games that's out there. Probably the one that's <laughs> been most watched over the course of the past year. It's the Demolition Force, headed up by DM hey. Roger. But I've got a great mix of people that's out here, so I want to go ahead and give them a shout-out. We've got a whole group here, including Mitch, who's here today. All right. Great to have <laughs> you here. Of course, we got Melinda and Rob, that tag team, that wonderful couple that they are. You know Melinda from our Friday shows at PC Multiverse and her beloved husband, Rob, who she hopefully doesn't torture too much <laughs> when Rob's here. That's the other way around. Okay, all right. Well, I, yeah, I just tried to make it as best. He doesn't way. have to torture her. She does it to herself. Yes, yes. We just got... watch watch our game from yesterday. You'll see how she tortures herself. Well, we've also got a great crew, including Victor and David. They're both here. It's kind of, kind of hey. thing. Hey, there's two of our best party members. We're probably our smarter party members, not me, that's for sure. <laughs> but they also host their own games. In fact, David just did his, I think, first one the other day. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit ago, yeah. Okay, there you go, recently. So he's now an official DM. We've also got Michael that's here from Reckless Moves. RecklessMoves.com. Go ahead and check it out every Monday night at 8. So go ahead and do that. But we've got a great crew here. So as Roger is playing the game, I just thought I'd throw some questions out there. I will go ahead and throw this out there first. So Roger, go ahead and, and get that campaign rolling. We just killed a dragon, everybody. Oh, 180 man. feet away. Yep. We had two members of our party valiantly in the air kill this beast while everybody stood up and just watched them and kind of helped out a little bit from the ground below but it's a great battle indeed but that's one of the things i wanted to ask you as roger you go ahead and start your turn on that so i will go ahead and let you start with the next player and we get that ro rotating and then i'll go ahead and ask some questions on to you guys about what do you do as far as within the confines of your game and then how do you go off script when do you go off script and and just get that kind of mix going of, of creativity within the confines of your own game Oh, that's an easy one, Gerald. There is no script. There you go. All right. Well, you know how I the wasn't going to say that in. as my answer. I wasn't going to do that. Well, you know how the modules come in. The modules, they D&D, they give you the standard stuff. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and just... Well, that, that's how we started this one. No. With Lost, Lost Mind of Fandelver is, is what Demolition Force started out as. And then you guys wanted to keep going, and then you wanted dragons. Well, here you go. You finally yeah. get a dragon. We you want dragons, kill it. man. We want dragons. Give us <laughs> <Yeah>. dragons. <laughs> and this after is... playing D&D &D as much as I have, this being my first time to... Yeah. Yep, and you got the killing blow up I its mean, nose. Uh, Duke will never forgive you. <laughs> I only make friends with dragons. Oh. How could you? He was a good boy. <laughs> Well, you attacked him yourself, Duke. What's to coming up save next? you? It Roger. is now a 
Apollo's turn. Uh-oh. Hey, Apollo, yeah. you're you're standing down here on the ground, and you. Uh, all hell bro- yeah, all hell broke loose. There was a reverse gravity. You you were one of the few who saved on that, and then you see people start falling to the ground. You saved two of them. You saved Smith and uh, and Doug, and then uh, Shamat fires his arrow up and hits a dragon a couple of times, and then Remy's just using his pack blade and demolishing the dragon, and then and by grows his claws out and just starts digging in a dragon's nose and that was the final blow so the dragon falls from 180 feet in the air so imbibe and remy are also falling but imbibe uses his feather fall on both of them so that they don't take damage at the end the dragon falls 180 feet in the air and it's flats i mean it's it's uh uh, here, let me let me show you. I'll give you. I definitely end with Remy in a horrible pose from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll just use this as a reference for the splatter zone. It's about like that. The the, the red you... circle here. <laughs> I just moved the red circle. You so, yeah. Yeah, so this uh, this this big Earth elemental and and Doug and Maddie, Maddie and yeah. What do I have to roll? Well, no, Shamat is on the other side of that earthen wall. Oh, so thank some God. of that some of that earth wall is is crumbling a little bit, not enough to actually like make it fall over and and do any damage. But do I but, get uh, any like dragon juice on me? I just want to know. No, no, you are on the other side of a thirty foot high earthen wall. Okay, because you know he has all the luck. I just want to make sure his hair. Got to make sure his hair is nice. Right. I right. didn't get any your hair, hair with excess growth. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the way. I was never though. Remember, Apollo, I was hair, as you're I'm standing hair, there, this I was this other Earth me. elemental comes up and uh, he he walks over to you and whacks you a couple of times. Uh huh. And uh-huh. now it's your chance to do something. Remember, yeah. he was head to toe in fur and hair. <laughs> That's right. That's right, because he drank Duke's potion. Yes. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Uh, don't don't look at your uh, backside, I'll tell you this right now, because you're not going to be thrilled with how the potion goes all the way through you. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's scary. <laughs> I mean, he he did drink it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, he I, just had it. It. Yeah. I doused it. Yeah. I, I just and he drank it. the whole vial. That was like seven servings. Yeah. I was thirsty. What could I say? Okay, we now just have an Ewok as a companion. Yeah. This you, guy right here. What did we say? You you had like nine nine inches of hair? You, you had him roll for it. I think it was like two to three yeah. inches well, of hair growth on his head. And he, I think like, he's like a six foot four version of Cousin It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's in Duke's colored hair. Yes. So you look like a golden retriever. It actually would be terrifying. <laughs> oh man! So Apollo, what would you like to do? This, this elemental is still standing right next to you. Whisper at it. Hey, you want to go away? No, go away. Okay. <laughs> wisdom. Oh, this guy's not very wise either. Oh, dispassionate whispers. <laughs> ah, he fails. Dissonant whispers. <laughs> Cool spell, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, drop that in the chat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Somebody want to read that while I'm applying damage? You here? whisper 19. a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a Wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes three d6 psychic damage, and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you creature does not move into obviously dangerous ground such as fire or a pit on a successful save the target takes half as much damage and does not have to move away a deafened creature automatically succeeds on the save Uh Uh wow this is my movie voice (laughs) all right Uh, there's you know there's a actually a job for you it's going ahead and voicing over trailers in your future in a world (laughs) 
in a world where Roger can walk upstairs without getting winded. Yeah, that that world ended about 15 years ago. <laughs> and, in a world done. full of elevators and homes. <laughs> it wasn't done. Okay. Oh, and where you. Gerald's hair is as amazing as his characters. There you go. Wouldn't that be nice. Well, that's, that, that's real life. <laughs> no, 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 it's all great. Runs that a successful that campaign that doesn't well, involve so only mine, women. But, but <laughs> I, Gerald, I can't argue. Both of us still have amazing heads of hair for our age. Oh, that's uh-huh. true. That's very true. <laughs> most, most of my friends, they've already shaved their heads because they were going bald. Oh, Genetics. Fuck. Genetics. I'll leave it at that. At, at my age, yes. My dad was in his 70s and still had a luscious head of gray hair. <laughs> well, let me ask you this while you guys are here. You know, like <laughs> I said, it just the creativity, and Roger already talked about it first. I want to ask Michael if you're here on the line because you have your amazing show, RecklessMoves.com. I wanted to ask you first the process you go by. Do you go by something that's set already, that's that's already made for you, or do you just create something in and of itself as far as applying monsters or obstacles for all your players? Well, this campaign, which is going on two years, it's been it's both. Um, we we actually used some modules, but even that I homebrew a lot. I use them as a, a guide, mm-hmm. and the very beginning I set the the end goal of a campaign, but I don't set how they get there. And so most of mine, or I'd say like 80% of the campaign is all homebrew. So there's a world that we live in, like whether it's Greyhawk in this campaign or the next one's somewhere else, which I won't say because I don't want them to know. (laughs) But each of the characters has an individual backstory. And at the very beginning of the session, the very first thing we did is a session zero and then i interviewed each person separately to say hey what's your backstory what what do you what give me the talk about the history and backstory and then i constructed the narrative to have them all converge in the future That's like each, each person gets to solve their individual trouble or revenge or whatever their motivation is they get to solve that to me that's the story it's about the players so combat is a mechanism, but the store, the individual backstory of the person is how we, how we do it. So the first four episodes were interviews with the players. Like, what's your history? What, how much do you know about when did you start D&D? We have guys that, like I started in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons way back, long time ago. And there are people that have played for two years. There's people who played for seven years. The youngest started playing his first campaign this is his first campaign so regardless of the level of the player it's really interesting to me to have that discussion of what your individual character's backstory is for an example Talfeth is a, a an errant prince who kind of shirked responsibility and took off and has now kind of grown up and is prepared to maybe go back and yeah rule rule the kingdom but doesn't want to give up the wandering um you know other characters have different motivation one turns out to be the the but the other idea is just creating that type of environment that they can help customize themselves is that correct that's right right so it's their story i am just the narrator Uh, (laughs) giving them the direction that is so that is a beautiful way of doing it absolutely oh yeah Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Okay, wait. Wait, I, I can go invisible, right? Because this is, this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is, um, uh, that's uh, obvination? Ob- ob- <laughs> Close obvious, enough. Obvulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast. Season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Roger, who you got next? Who are you trying to kill off now? 
Uh, Apollo, was that your turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just moves, uh, <laughs> takes 19 points of damage. All right. So uh, that brings us to Big Doog. All right. Seeing this big, massive, rocky boy in front of me, and I don't like that. <laughs> Bonus action. I am going to cast Healing Word upon myself, Smith. And I'm going to say, uh, <clears throat> what do you call an orc with two brain cells? <laughs> Smith, what do you call an orc with two brain cells? He's playing. <laughs> ah, pregnant. <laughs> <Healing word. laughs> Oh, poor orcs. I forgot. On Smith's turn, he would also have had the uh, healing spirit. I have oh, it's not his turn. I, I'm, I'm, I'm boosting your healing spirit. Oh. To that point. Did, uh, Apollo, did Apollo go? Apollo was hurt. Smith looks okay now? Uh, no. Smith is still. Oh, right. no. Remember, Smith, we, we do Smith, half. Yeah, Smith yeah. only has five hit points at this point. <laughs> he time. has an extra and, four. I, I know we had, we had agreed not to not to say the actual numbers, but I wanted to let you guys know how bad he really is at this point. We, we know he healed from zero. We yeah. all know the number. Remember, right. he splat on the ground playing dead like he did a belly flop. All right. Now, he hit the ground. <laughs> action. Lay on hands myself for 20 points. Yay! There you go. There you go. <laughs> Other action. I'm gonna hit this big guy. I am going to toss aside my sword and shield and use the magical maul that I got the last time I was together with Imbibe and Maddie. And I'm awesome. gonna bonk him. Bonk? With this maul. Bonk! Let's see the like, bonk. Just like your little sister. Bonk! Oh. Unfortunately, you're not gonna hit with an 11. Second attack. That one hits. First one just I sort of bounced off. It's just like hitting a rock. Like, like hitting the side of a mountain. Bang! But the second I'm not one, used to this. Swinging the second one, you, you managed to chip some off. I am going to smote. Smote away. One of my few remaining second level spells because I'm not as powerful as you spellcasters. Oh wait, D4. I'm big. You get to smite on like Ooh, and you got the four. I can smite on darn near anything if I yep, put my mind to it. <laughs> it. It's pretty much any time you hit as a paladin, you can yep, smite. I just got to be able to touch you. Yep. Except range. You can't. Yeah, it's got to be melee. It, has, it comes from me. I have the power. Anyway. I was trying to work that up Tuesday. You can't. It just overpowers. Yeah, yeah, he was he was trying to give give my character a, a range smite. Like, it's too good. And then like when we did the numbers. It was just... Yeah, that that that's like doing a a, a healing cantrip. There's it's a, just it's no, no. way too powerful. This is perfect. The DM roundtable. There's actually a wizard subclass by Kobold Press that has a ranged sort of smite ability. It's it's not a D8 though. It's a D4 based. Hmm. So like a healing. Potion. And it worked out. Uh, yeah, but it's it's you can sh the uh, the wizard subclass is all about using a bow and arrow and using your spells to empower your arrow strikes. Hmm. But you're still a wizard. So you're still squishy, but you can do range. Well, like healing word is a technically a range healing ability. It is extremely strong. Anyway, that's my turn. Thank you very much. All right just for someone to talk about on their next turn healing word maybe overpower yeah. it is the strongest spell in D&D &D 5th edition in my opinion I would yeah it is because you can bring somebody back out from death with exception of smith fighter <laughs> well no it, 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 it still works just half yep remember we, we resolved that yeah so you can still bring yeah Unless the 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 spell or the heal specifically says it doesn't work on constructs, it, it'll work on him at half. Unless he is casting mending on himself, and then it'll do a full heal. Yep. Is the way that we work that out. It's it's a it's a neat con. And that's something I want right. to ask you guys real quick. Uh, you know, when you guys have these con uh, these conversations, you know, as far as between each other in regards to the rules. 
right now, for the most part, over the year plus, it's been mostly friendly and they're able to work with each other. I mean, when you have a group that does that, especially when you're going ahead like today, or I know, Mitch, you do on the weekends, how, how do you feel when, when you have a, a situation where you go ahead and you have a crew that actually can work with you like that? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. People working with me when I decide to change a few rules is, it's, it's amazing when your players are willing to, to do that. For example, like Roger got the full brunt of me homebrewing the heck out of D&D 5th edition when he was just getting back into it because I was using this modified combat system that I thought was fun. And I yeah. only used it up to level level six, where I, after that I switched back to typical D&D combat because at that point you have magic items, you have things that speed it up. But until then I used the Pathfinder to action economy system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, right. we, and, we, yeah. we don't agree very often. I use rules in my like straight Dungeons and Dragon like like vanilla D and D. For example, match on the AC in my games are half damage. Uh, yes, yeah. another rule you all inherited from me. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mitch, Mitch does that too. I don't. Yep. A hit is a hit regardless. Yep. So uh, th there's a lot of places that the three of us at least don't agree. Uh, uh, Melinda. Oh yeah. Because I notice in Melinda's games, they get along very well. Oh, yeah. yeah the, cackling the cackling hens? The cackling hens. So we, the only thing that I can think of, and it was my fault as a DM, so my whole stuff was a little hard to follow, kind of bailed on, but now I wish I hadn't. So I'm debating over going back and, and rewriting some of that homebrew stuff. But in terms of... I don't think that there's anything out of the ordinary that hasn't been by else here. I think, uh, like for a new DM, somebody brings up something that is clever. Don't know how to rule on it. Don't let them pass it, but give them an inspiration point to, like, wow, that was out. Try to do a yes and yeah, or like so, or yeah. an or, or exactly. So instead of shutting down their idea like well maybe i don't have the book yet like if, if you're a new dm maybe i don't have the book yet maybe i don't know all. actually uh rob we're forgetting the most powerful tool that a dm has the rule of cool you can <laughs> say look i i love yeah. your idea i don't care what the rules say this one time i'll make an exception yeah the rules be damned for this exact moment I just yeah that that was really brought to the forefront by matt mercer oh yeah the Who's rule that? of cool <laughs> That's you know that that long hair that long hair hippie guy who he, oh, he the plays guy that does, once in a while he he does the voice for McCree from Overwatch yeah yeah him yep yeah guy. yeah he must have gotten really popular because he played McCree from Overwatch <laughs> yeah Belinda you were saying <laughs> no that was that was pretty much me <laughs> yeah rule of cool is uh, is huge mine no I'm sure people us make a decision one way and then the very next game we opposite one and and that all comes down to you know the mood at the table and uh i all for some reason kill off very beginning <laughs> i know melinda christine is yeah. one of my players <laughs> all right yeah I, I i use that rule of cool in here off and on too a, a lot of times it's with imbibe because rob comes up with some crazy shit and i'm like yeah I that know. just sounds really cool we're gonna go with it <laughs> I did the same thing for Grandel, but never again. He's ne I'm never letting him talk to a child again. The next oh time Rob says to me, is there a child around? Or he says, I'd like to talk to the dragon. Getting, getting rid of him. Oh, hey. goodness. It makes me sound really creepy in the beginning. Second of all, like, no, I mean, <laughs> made a child army from the orphans that died in the battle. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. All right, I am Just going to advance the cool. turn order here. I've been done for a while. Maddie, Maddie, however, it is your turn. But unfortunately for you, that haste, that haste dropped, which means that you have just this this level of exhaustion coming over you for for a little bit here and you really can't do anything but you're still have your flying ability so you didn't fall or anything like that you're not taking any extra damage you're just sort of floating in the air just uh, like me trying to walk up a flight of stairs i have to stop for a while <laughs> got your 81 points of damage <laughs> yeah and then that's going to bring us to Smith. 
You are laying on um, the ground. You have nine hit points currently. Yeah. And this, two levels of exhaustion. Yeah. Is this difficult terrain or it just hurts when you move? Uh, it, it just, it causes two points of damage for every five feet that you move in there. I healed you just enough to leave the circle. Yeah, yep. it it takes about a month or two for that that stuff to go away after the dragon dies. Because oh, wow. this dragon's this dragon's been here for over a year now, almost mm-hmm. two years. So the terrain has had the ability to to alter because of the dragon's presence, which is why the lake changed and stuff like that. You started seeing the crevasses as you guys were walking up to this area and all. In that case, I take my full points of damage then. And get the hell out of Dodge. So half your movement to stand up. Then 15 towards then the 15 towards the big guy. Oh Jesus, you're moving right into it. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's not thing straight yet this morning. He's all dinged up. He just sees right. the enemy must kill. So are you uh, are you attacking? You're dead to me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. And I just get my no more arm because I moved, so that's two attacks for my action. You know what? Yeah, die on the ground in front of me. I'll just use a bit of lay on hands. <laughs> Come on, two crits, two crits. Let's go. Yeah, close, close. <laughs> I both hit. Alright, and 20 and, points of damage. That's pretty good. And wow. bonus action. That there you go. Yep, that one misses. And flipping the guy off. Yeah, <laughs> so you just you stand up, you move across this thing, hurting your feet a little bit as you're going, and you start whacking at him, chopping off little bits of rocks and dirt from this huge, giant, well, large creature. It's about the same size as Duke. No, no, this one's bigger, He's bigger than, than me. Yeah, he's bigger than Duke. He's, he's, he's T-Rex size. I'm, I'm going basically where the killing tendon would be. Just trying to not get over. Right in the I'm, like, I'm chest high with this guy. Alright. Yeah, I'm, I'm at his ankle then. I'm just hacking right at the ankle then. <laughs> but moving right along, it's now his turn. Oh, oh boy. And uh, he's looking around. And he just sinks down into the ground. <laughs> Attack of opportunity because he's moving away. Go for it. Okay. Shit, I wasn't expecting you to say yes. Both of you. Give it. Uh, um, where's 13 my damage. 13 damage. Well, then I have, I have them all out. The 27 hit. It do. Does it a crit? I mean, does a smite hurt as well? Where's my smite button? Smite him. You can smite him. That's fine. James, eleven. Yours, yours was the thirteen damage. Yep. On a twenty-two hit. Okay. Oh wait, D four. All right. Dang it. (laughs) That's with that was with my plus one X. Okay. Same same with Uh, my first two. Same thing with the two tens. They were with magic. Twenty-seven and eleven is thirty-eight, thirty-nine combined. Together we are powerful. If I could heal you, I would, because you're going to die, boy. No, he's he's not even bloodied, but he's gone. It wouldn't be the first time. Oh yeah, dragon. Why is the dragon still in the turn order? Because it's falling. Dead. It's still falling out of the it's falling out of the sky. Wayne the Rock Johnson. Hasselhoff Brop. <laughs> you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more but we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. 
Well, David, let me ask you this, since you are the most recent to the DMs. I mean, when you created the, your game or when you looked as far as for resources or how to go ahead and develop, what were some of the things that you looked into as far as creating your own style of game? Did you overcome any difficulties in creating your game? Not too many difficulties. I mean, I had a really good group of people. I had Roger right there by my side to help me with whatever I needed. Um, I also had Mitch there as well. They helped me learn the controls. Um, (laughs) I was heavily inebriated in that game. I was no help. Who gives a friend? (laughs) But I can't say it's a whole different beast when you're when you're the actual DM versus the player. But I, I can say at least they both got to kill a dragon before we got to kill a dragon, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll let you uh, finish up then, Roger, and then I got a question for Victor before we head on out. All right, Lyndon L., you are the, still the air elemental here. You were 180 feet in the air. What are you doing? What's left? (laughs) Uh, There is this little earth elemental right here is the only other enemy you can see on the field. I figure it can't um, run away, but... <laughs> I mean, I'll just dash at an angle 60 feet to get closer to him. I can't reach him, so... Yeah, it's a pretty good distance. He's in the air. There's no rocks. And he's made of air, currently. <laughs> air <laughs> elementals. That'd be harder to do that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that right. is elemental. Yeah, there you go. Grayslin, or Remy. Remy, currently. Oh, yes. So are we still technically falling at this point? Please tell me we are. Uh, well, you you were falling, but then Imbibe used his feather fall on you guys when you when you reached the right height. It's a gentle embrace. <sighs> so we're still kind of in the air. Yeah, you're, you're still coming down, but gently. Oh. Then I'm going to... I'm going to cast a couple Eldritch Blasts into this rock monster since we're up. I'm gonna tell Imbibe to hold on to me real tight because I don't want us to or I don't want to fall. <laughs> All right. I want to go splat. I already was boil. <laughs> no, I'll try to there, Imbibe. I just, I just halfway pictured Imbibe sitting on your shoulders with his kilt just over your head. Oh, no. You need a bath. And I would not I want to be the back of your neck right now. Can I, I just ahead catch and... them as they're falling like a jolly green giant? It's oh, okay. Just... And just lower Dude, them hand out. <laughs> I got you. I am doomed. Yeah. Go ahead, Grayson or Remy. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Not Finish this though. thing. Oh, my goodness. Just so, how, how many were you supposed to do right. or are you I was only supposed to or I did I did it with advantage on accident okay so it's not with advantage right no they're just so, supposed to be. all right so one two three, they all hit 16 matches heck yeah so they all hit so when you roll, just for those who may not be familiar with, with the way we play it, when you roll with advantage, even if you're not supposed to have advantage, then we just go with the first set of numbers. So it's it's 20, 16, 28, and 16 is how I read those, those oh, hits. Oh, got it, got it. So we got 19, 21, 23 points of damage. He is still up, but just barely. <laughs> he lost a lot of himself. Rocks and dirt just crumbling away. Uh-huh. That ends your turn? That's my bonus action. I'm going to reach up, remove the kilt from the top of my head, and put it on my neck. Good idea. That's a little sweaty. And then yep. with the arm that was outstretched, I will tap him on the head since he's so short. And go, you finally made yourself worthwhile. Oh. Useful. There's a redemption arc for you, Imbibe. 
There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Finally useful in the eyes of a god, even though I'm a druid without asking for it. And apparently someone's paying attention to me, but yes, definitely. I'm finally <laughs> worth it. All right. Shaman. Sir. You can see this thing. That's over here. It just attacked Apollo. Apollo beat on it and... <laughs> Remy just blasted the hell out of it, but it's still standing there and it's still eyeing up Apollo because it's right next to him. What would you like to do? I'm gonna Come shoot on. the heck out of it. Yeah! Yeah! Here we go. Ah, yeah. All right. So, do you have advantage for any reason? No, I think it's still okay. set on advantage. All right. I so wish I had on advantage because that would have been two crits. Uh, yeah. Right. The 24 hits and the 27 hits, and it just crumbles to dust. Yeah. Uh, at the bottom. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust. We're all thinking that as, as soon as we... So, so would, would you like to describe your kill, Shabbat? Well, actually, like I said... you got this, how would you like to do this? As soon as I, as soon as I send it out, I put it right through his eye. Just lean back and just... The best shot, last shot, boom! Let it fly, and it goes right in there. And like you said, it just as it starts to go to dust, we all come together, whoever's available, because it's near somebody <laughs> still flying, you know, dropping down as we still speak. Is, or is that that done? Uh, yeah, Remy, Remy, and Imbibe are just reaching okay. the the bottom, okay. and uh, Maddie is just sort of hovering, still semi-conscious. Okay. okay, well, you know, a start of it, we're going to go ahead and to start. I just start humming the t- the tune, Kansas Dust in the Wind. Dust in <laughs> all we oh. are is, and then everybody else is, you know, starting to come along. We start humming at first, and then we get into a full chorus as it dissipates like Thanos did at the end. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, with the sad face too. Yes, with the sad <laughs> face too. Like you lost. <laughs> right. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, Mr. No. Stark. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't know. I feel fine. (laughs) (laughs) I feel pretty tall, though. But now there are no enemies. And... First of all, definitely a clap on the shoulder for Shamakam for killing the last person. Oh, yes. But I also want to look up at the dude who's like, so, you learned how they get big on your apparent adventure. How's it up uh, there? <laughs> cloudy. It feels good. It feels cloudy. good. Also, if this is uh, if this is the end, Duke is just gonna walk towards the lake, Pacific Rim style, cleaning himself off and just disappear. Big ass kaiju walking towards the water, <laughs> <laughs> just holding concentration the whole time, just to make sure that I get to be big walking into the water. Duke finally took a bath. <laughs> I have learned how to bathe in college, apparently. Sounds like Imbibe needs one, too. Oh, man. You don't want to know what my feet have. <laughs> I think he's more worried about wiping the blood of off of his neck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's quite true. <laughs> oh, man. And as you said earlier, we have Beta Cannon. Imbibe wears his kilt like a true Scotsman. I mean, like, if you want to really eliminate the enemy at the very end, I mean, like, that's all I can say. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I, I see that. Although that was my fault in the beginning. Yes, we were playing please. a very PG 13 game in the beginning, and then I came please. in swearing like an army man. This is true. We were PG until... (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm a very nice guy. Yes. I think it was Dude. I want to say it was was me. I'm pretty sure it it was Mitch. It was Um, me. It was me. Let's uh, not get into it. it. Do do we want to end it here? Or do we want to keep continue a conversation? Do you guys? Well, I just got one like last question, if I can, for Victor. I wanted to go ahead hey, and yes. just hear his thoughts because he's a, he hasn't been able to go ahead in this part of it, and just wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on. I know you've been creating your own games. I mean, uh-huh. from your experience as far as connecting with these players and creating that environment. I mean, what are some of the challenges that you go through? A lot of it really is. Um 
explaining the the background and the lore to players who have not experienced uh, the the game world before, especially uh, the World of Warcraft universe. I've been a player for over 15 years, so I have, and a huge fan, I've consumed much of the content uh, uh, of that universe, so I, I'm going off of my knowledge just based off of that, but some players have never stepped foot into that universe, and really having to spend some time describing certain things, but not too much to where it's taking away from the whole experience. Uh, that, that's definitely a challenge. <laughs> um, uh, just to go a little bit further, though, I created this world and game out of an idea that uh, David actually had. It's just he doesn't have quite the time to dedicate as a DM. So we're actually co-DMs in this campaign that we're in right now. Graceland and Remy? Yes. Yeah, so the, this base idea is all his. I just took a little bit of um, the the lore of the Warcraft universe at the time and incorporated it into this the story that we're playing. Uh, but the biggest challenge I would say is um, yeah, just setting up the universe for anyone who's never been within that universe. Because several of our players actually have been in the, uh, well, played certain games in the Warcraft universe to understand what's going on. But some of the other players have not. So that, that's, that's I'd say, my biggest challenge. There you go. That's some great conversation right there. Any thoughts, <laughs> guys, before we go ahead and turn it over to Roger? Yeah, can, can I just expand upon his? Because I, I have something that I'd love to create, but no one's read it. Like, I, I don't play the tabletop of it, but I like I think it's some of the best lore that's out there, the longest lore. And it's such an undertaking that it's hard to say that, like, hey, don't worry about the lore. You can experience this as we go through it. No one believes me. Because all like all like really high nerds go like they hear warhammer 40k unless they're into it or not into it or like or yep and <laughs> like yeah i mean like uh i think our guy Hugh is probably our biggest lore hound yeah i read it <laughs> you did not you did not read i started you started yeah so that was pops up some of the problems that i come across for some of the like the things that i want to do like uh, people maybe being hesitant and me and Duke have played together very, very successfully for over a year. And it's still a lot to ask somebody to jump into that, even if they trust you as a DM. Yeah. 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 That is, that is the truth. It's a lot, <laughs> but that's why we have the games that uh, they play out the way they do. And they, uh... <laughs> I think Belinda could maybe add into this. Like we just played a star Wars game and she was oh, that's right of star wars nerds is one that you dm oh yeah and i mean like we're talking about like which style of fighting is he using his lightsaber and like well that wouldn't work and we were just completely <laughs> you know, nerding out so melinda how was it like to jump into something that you have a bunch of people that are really dedicated to a theorem and yes you know star wars but like was it hard to jump into that or was it fun well, it was fun, but it was fun because I rolled. A really did. Yeah, I feel like if I if my that character was, creation that... roles had been garbage, I don't think it would have been nearly as. Fun. But I was one of the more powerful teams, so even without I could still go in and do pretty much whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same as the Roger the Mass Effect game you played. Yeah. You know nothing about Mass Effect. No. Nope. And Brian, the the person you played with, knew a ton. And mm. he still is constantly like, wow, that was like the best D&D game I've ever played. <laughs> I, I never I never really got your feedback on it, but I assumed you had a, a great time. Oh, I absolutely enjoyed the Mass Effect. I, I did do a little bit of research before we started playing the first Mass Effect game, just so that I could have some idea of what the hell the universe was. Oh, yeah. Because I've never played any of the video games or anything like that. I've never read any of the lore. Yeah, I knew lore. zero about it. Like but, Rob, Rob's point again, it's the lore can be a big thing, a make or break thing for a lot of people. Oh yeah, 
So I, I just I, I spent maybe two hours doing doing some research and reading, yeah. just basically some wikis and stuff <laughs> and and got a little bit of the information and then just jumped right into it with you guys. And I mean it it really helps when the people you're playing with understand that you're not familiar with it. Yeah. But they're they're tolerant. They're they're not gatekeepers. <laughs> you've ever made <laughs> they, they want you to join in to into their their nerddom their mm-hmm. fandom uh, whichever term you you prefer but i mean i i try to do that with with this campaign with D. i mean i'm always saying i will invite more people to come play i have we've we've had all together over 20 players in this game some people oh, wow. only played for one session. <laughs> but yeah, all together in this particular game, we've had over 20 players. And some of them are brand new to D&D, never played before. But I, I am, I'm not a gatekeeper. I am, I am somebody, I'm standing there and I'm like, come on in, I will <laughs> welcome you. I am fully confident that the group that we have here is welcoming people like this just like mm-hmm. I am and I tell people don't worry about making mistakes if you make a mistake we'll correct you but we're not going to do it in a way that that's going to make you feel like a dummy or something because we all still make mistakes we we've been playing for years collectively we've probably got close to a hundred years of of D experience hold on Roger I only have one and a half that too. Well, yeah. I, I would say most, mostly me. Yeah. But <laughs> he yelled the breath of these. I, I, I've got like eighty-five of those years. <laughs> but, but we're a very welcoming group, and and that's that's why I feel that that this game and and this group, this collective, has come together and worked so well. Why we've been able to expand up to six and seven days a week and then back down again as life changes and everything things happen i'm fortunate that that i'm retired and don't have to worry about an external job but life still happens and if you can't make it then c'est la vie i mean that's that's specifically why i made this game the way it is because if you're a regular viewer you know that if somebody's not here this week their character's just not there. Like today with Gerald. I didn't have Shamat Khan in the game until he showed up. And then boom, he's there. His turn popped up and he can play. That's just how I run my game. Some people don't run it like that. They want to make a storyline for why somebody's not here and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine if that's the way you run your game. That's the great thing about D&D is as the dungeon master and, and if you run your group, as as uh, like a democracy and and i try to do that with with my group here i try to ask everybody if i want to change something hey guys i want to do this is this okay with you that's just how i do it but i mean if you want to do it differently then do it differently that's the great thing about about these rpgs is the rules are are a guideline it, it's not a set in stone. That's that's the great thing about this versus a video game. Video game, somebody else sets the rules. You have to follow the, the programmer's guidelines. In this, we make our own guidelines. We can change the rules on the fly. We can go with the rule of cool. You can do anything you want. That's that's what makes this game so fantastic to me. That's well said, man. Yeah. Well said. And, yeah. and I'll step off of my soapbox now. <laughs> oh, by the way, Wizards of the Coast wants to speak to you after that. Okay, all right. I, I am available to talk to them. I, I just want to go play in Joe Manganello's game in his dungeon. <laughs> no, you want to look at a specific woman. That's why you want to get. No, no. I actually, I, I, I would walk right past his wife and go down the stairs into his D and D dungeon. Oh my God! Yes, she she is fantastic, and I follow them on Instagram and all that stuff. But oh my God, I want to play in one of his games, and I want to play in that dungeon. If you've never seen it, look up Joe Manganello and his D and D room that he has in his house. It is amazing. Well, on that note, I tell you what, you guys have been just so awesome. 
tell us your stories about how you create your vision for how you go ahead and play your games and how you connect with your group of players. So I'm truly fortunate to go ahead and play with each and every one of you. And hopefully you will go ahead and check out all their games on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos, plus Michael's fantastic games that's available at RecklessMoves.com every Monday night at 8. So it's been a great time here. Again, it's the Demolition Force. I think it's just been a great time by everyone here. Cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me with your thoughts. But, Roger, I think I will let you send it on out. All right. So, next time on Demolition Force, <laughs> you guys, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are zoomed out enough to have noticed what's happened to the lake. Yeah, blowing. But, I uh, wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. It, Is it because I walked in there? Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, can it be a little no, bit? No, this 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 has been happening the entire time you guys were here. The lake has been growing brighter and brighter and brighter, and there's something coming I to the surface. Light the lake. So next time you guys get to decide, are you gonna go check out the glowing lake or are you just gonna kill the dragon and run away? <laughs> but that will You know be... what? Here, I'll help you guys decide. I'll cure wounds the robot. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. You I get five. You were wounds the dragon. <laughs> it's fine. It's like no. I heal the dragon. I mean, before I go, he is my uh, friend. Okay. All right. Cast him in an entire but, time. Uh, that that uh, will conclude this session. Session. Right? I do an overall count of my campaign which is the complete campaign. Pop Culture Cosmos has separated into the Lost Mine of Fandelver and then the Demolition Force. Oh. So either way, I don't care. Please keep watching, check us out, watch Thank the you. insanity that we go through. They're, this is just the first dragon that they've actually met. There have oh. been close to a dozen dragons that these guys have not met yet. And this, just a little meta information was not one of the big bad dragons that's involved in the whole big bad stuff. This is just a rando dragon that you guys happen to run into. Uh oh. It's because they haven't realized that Doog is a dragon. Go, go. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you think the DM would let uh, me right. do that? <laughs> you don't know. Uh -huh, okay. Not easy. But thanks for watching, anybody who's liked and shared and followed and all that stuff. And keep checking out Pop Culture Cosmos. We love you all. And until we appreciate time. you all. Thanks. Cheers. Until next week, Bad we're person. done. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we head on out, we're going to be talking about right now a little movie that's coming out this weekend in wide release. I know a lot of people are talking about the movies that are wide release this weekend being only that of The Lost City, which has the star power of Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, and also as well a guest appearance by Brad Pitt, and everybody's talking about that. But there is also another movie that's coming out this weekend, the theaters in wide release, and that is Seven Days, which chronicles the story of a couple set out on a prearranged date by their Indian parents who end up having to spend a lot more time with each other because it comes on the heels of the initial announcements of quarantines and lockdown in 2020. And here today to talk about this movie in particular and if this movie can succeed at the box office, or if another journey was a better idea in store for it, is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here at Pop Culture Cosmos, plus the numerous podcast appearances he makes elsewhere. 
It is Hamanish Goel, and Hamanish, great to have you back. I know you're always asking to come on the show, and it's greatly appreciated. But good to have you back as well. Your thoughts on Seven Days as it hits theaters? These films would have to be pitched at a very different set of level because of just of how it's perceived and it would need to first gain the the trust of the audience that it's a topic of area or a genre that they find interest in because i think the fact is that a traditional box office type structure for a smaller movie like this in the domestic marketplace of the united states it's very hard for it to succeed on that platform right now with people apprehensive to going to see movies and they're only going to go out and see selective number of movies like for instance the batman I'm still thinking at this point, these kind of movies, they can succeed, but they just got to change the way they think as far as how they distribute it and how they release it. Yeah, most likely they're just going to have to change of how in the way they market it and how they make it wider release so folks can have a curious opinion and at least pay for that that day one ticket at most. But in terms of the small comment about the, the, the Kashmir files, which is not doing as well, I mean... In India, in usually, India, in certain parts of India, it's doing great numbers. Yeah, the in India is doing great numbers, and the fun fact is usually, you know, when it comes to theaters, you have evening and late night shows, but people are going in the mornings to watch the show because the type of message that this film has, there's a lot of controversial to talk about that film. It, you would have to be very streamlined because. A lot of critics are not in favor of the film, but the what it's displaying are true events of what happened in Kashmir at that time. So Yeah, well, again, th- this is a story in seven days, which I thought would have a better chance of, of succeeding simply because of the fact it's more U.S. production or U.S. influence. It's got a larger release window, but I don't even think that's going to do as well. And again, I think mm-hmm. it's the changing... Yeah for squeak game squeak game i'm not sure if if it would have succeeded in the way that it has if it had been released in a traditional box office platform so it succeeded because it got a whole bunch of press it got a whole lot of people talking about it on social media from its appearance on netflix i know that netflix has embraced a lot of things from the indian community as far as from bollywood and whatnot but i still think that if it can get behind something that it can truly support I think that the power of Netflix or an Amazon or even a Disney Plus per se, if it does do a worldwide release of something that really can stand behind it, maybe we could have the next Squid Game come from Bollywood Entertainment originates in India. But when it comes to what we're seeing, there are still successes at the box office like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, where it succeeded at number two of the box office, earning over $15 million last weekend. But again, there's, there are points in time where I think that these individual companies that are looking to release their products out there have to realign themselves in what way they think. And I, I think they should go ahead and, and try to reach out to more streaming entities and try to go ahead and market it through that way. But my friend, I mean, seven days, you know, I think that if any movie based in Indian culture that can't hit seven days might be just something that people may connect with because it tells a great story tells a story Mm -hmm. about that people can relate to in the age of coronavirus. What are your thoughts on seven days before we head on out? It's a story that's relatable and we've all lived through, which is COVID and just the the type of genre it's kind of coming across from like the rom-com kind of an area. And I think with this film, there would be a higher viewership in that streaming platform, like we said, more than a theater wise. Well, there you go, indeed. Some great thoughts right there from Hamanish Goel. Please go ahead and check him out anytime he's here on the show or one of his numerous podcast appearances are out there. Hamanish, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me today on Seven Days. I'm looking forward to getting you back here in the big chair to talk more pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much to everyone from the Demolition Force and Hamanish Goel for stopping by today. Tune in Monday as Josh and I are back talking about Halo, what happened this weekend at the box office, and so much more as we give you also a preview for Moon Knight. That's coming up next week on Disney Plus, and also our thoughts from the world of television as well with Don Fobbs. So looking forward to hearing and seeing what's going on. 
in the world of pop culture and looking forward to talking about it next week right here at the pop culture cosmos so for everybody that stopped by today this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pcc multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.